You know, we are in a sermon series where we are talking about walking through the journeys of life, a series about reminding us about our guiding values as Christians. We've been exploring the theme of the Star Wars series, The Mandalorians. The Mandalorians are a clan who form their identity around creeds and values. They have a practice of repeating their values. You remember, this is the way? And their reply to each other is like a call and response. It sounds familiar to us, doesn't it, to have a call and response? And today, we are exploring those seasons where we must wait on the presence of the Lord when we seek to be people of hope in a season of waiting. And it is always hard to wait. So what do you do when you have to wait? Now you see people on their smartphones. They're talking with people or they're just zoning out, playing games, just going through the internet. Or they engage in other self-soothing behavior, right? Some of it's not always healthy. Some people snack while they're anxious. <laughs> so when we are waiting for something important, we're often anxious, right? Because we're vulnerable to something or someone outside of our control making decisions for us. Depending on the circumstance, sometimes waiting is boring, but sometimes it's a gnawing pit of worry in our gut. And we're waiting with questions ringing in our ears. What is the diagnosis? Is this relationship going to survive? Will that loved one return home? Will I get that job or will I get any job? Or will I be accepted to that school? The hardest waiting, the hardest waiting is when you can't imagine or see hope ahead of you. You can't imagine life without that loved one. Or you see the slow loss of vitality and joy due to an illness. Or when betrayal has shattered your peace. Then your waiting has this element of just breathing your way through it, trying to survive. The Psalms, the Psalms are full of wisdom for people, people of God, people who are waiting. And so we, we listen to those Psalms. We let the Holy Spirit teach it, teach it to our hearts and help us apply those psalms of wisdom to our lives. So we are people who seek to wait on the Lord. This is the way. So let's pray before we read our passage for this morning. Lord, guide us and enlighten us this morning as we read your word and as we seek to apply it to our lives. Lord, may your Holy Spirit enliven us, enliven our understanding, and empower us as we seek to follow the way of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So please listen to Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high upon a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent 
sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I do seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who've been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, thank you for listening to that whole psalm. I think it's important for us and valuable to see the full expression in this psalm. Lament of pain and yearning and hope and waiting, the whole flow of the experience. It gives us a guidance for our path, a way through our lives, a way that's not always quick, a way that sometimes is a slow, grow, wait. We are all different, but we all have commonalities, too, with these ancient followers of God and with each other. Part of the human condition is to yearn, to wait, and to hope. So what do people yearn for? We, at the heart of it, yearn for whatever brings us meaning and peace. Some might call it happiness or contentment. Or in the ancient world, the Hebrew word shalom, a peace with wholeness. We yearn for peace and contentment. We seek it intentionally, and it underlies many of our choices and our motives if we were to dig deep. Maybe we think we know what would bring us contentment, or maybe we feel like we'll know it when we see it, like a personal quest. In the story of the Mandalorian, a man is tasked with a quest. The Mandalorian is seeking the child an important person. He's not exactly sure why he's seeking the child, and his motives change during the quest. The child is the focus, but the importance of this child is not altogether clear. And the child, the child you may know, is revealed to be this adorable and vulnerable being. There's his picture. <laughs> Baby Yoda. The same species as the wise Yoda of the first Star Wars trilogy. Okay, hardcore Star Wars fans, I know, Carlo remind me that his name is not Baby Yoda. It's Grogu, I know, but he looks like a cute baby. And I'm not alone in calling him Baby Yoda. Where's that next picture? Roses are red, violets are blue. If you love Baby Yoda, may the force be with you. So everyone projects different things on Baby Yoda. The memes are everywhere, and they, they definitely were. <laughs> Even the Pope gets in it. But this is the thing that I noticed. There are so many ways to project goodness and love. Here's my favorite. A cat with a Baby Yoda. We're going to need a snack. All right, so people listening to this sermon podcast, welcome. You can Google these, find your favorite, email them to me. Oh, and email them to Pastor Dave. 
lots of them. He'll love it. He will love it. The point I was making, and I was making a point, I think, is that while there's this multitude of Baby Yoda memes, in their cuteness, they're all projecting something that someone yearns for, something adorable, something sweet, desired, sometimes something a little edgy. You'll find memes with Baby Yoda saying things I wouldn't put on our um, slides, as if Baby Yoda is a truth teller, can say anything with a dose of cuteness. Because we're all looking for something different. It looks different, but at the heart of it, it is that we are people who yearn. We yearn and we wait. It's part of our human condition. We have to learn about how to find hope and how to accept God's timing in the midst of our yearnings. What the psalmist describes in Psalm 27 is a particular time of enemies and foes, a psalm that is attributed to King David in his struggles, an empire battle for the United Kingdom of Israel. And it may not seem like maybe these are circumstances relevant to our lives here in Las Gatas, but I believe it is. There are always forces that we can't control. It may not be armies, but it might be illness, death, betrayal, addiction, or just a loss of control, a sense of dis-ease in the world. What we have in common with the psalmist is while we must trust God's timing, we're not to curl up in a corner and remain passive either. There are steps we can follow. God's word directs us. This is the way. When you're in a hard place of waiting, you might not be in control, but you aren't to be passive either. We're to seek after God. Following that wisdom from verse 4, one thing I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Now, actually, those are three things, right? But they're actions that come together in a unity of response. So this is the way, dwelling with the Lord in truth, seeking and beholding beauty, reflecting in God's temple. So dwelling with the Lord, what does that mean? I believe this psalm teaches us the first step starts with being real, seeking to be face-to-face -face with reality, not denying it. Just like the psalmist, if things are dire, if enemies surround us, and if you feel that, say that to the Lord. It's real, and God is real, and God is in your reality. Think of it this way. You can't seek God's face with a fake face of your own. False piety is never helpful to you or to God. So we pray about our reality in order to dwell fully with God. And like the psalmist expresses, there's a way of waiting on the Lord that is both truthful and hopeful. We aren't to deny what's in our space. Lament is about seeking what is true and real. Lament is a prayerful response to the range of problems in the human condition. And the Psalms, you know if you're familiar with the Psalms, they name all the problems of frail humanity. Loss, isolation, shame, despair, danger, physical impairment, accusation, and death. These are all cause for lament. And lament is one of the ways we intentionally bring God's presence into parts of our lives where there is pain or trauma or where we're disturbed in our soul. And this is what we need to remember. Lament is not a lack of faith. It's actually a faithful statement 
It's the statement that we know someone is listening. Someone cares. Because God listens and God cares. Sometimes lament is heavy, trying to breathe past the pain. But lament is always hopeful. It can be powerful to write out a prayer of lament. I would commend it to you. I've had the experience of leading groups, formation groups, doing an exercise of writing a prayer of lament with a whole group of people, seminary students, older people, moms groups. And it feels paradoxical. You would expect lament would bring you to greater despair. But lament prepares our hearts for hope. It moves you from being paralyzed by fear or pain into expressing yourself with God. But we move then from lament, like the psalmist says, to beholding beauty, seeking beauty and goodness wherever we find it. And in this way, everyone is a little different, but it's a way that we know that we seek to look outward. Whatever you're waiting for, your story isn't over and looking outward reminds you of that. So what's beautiful around you? What do you see? Whatever is good and praiseworthy, we seek evidence of God's grace and favor. For some people, they seek to be in God's beautiful creation. For other people, they co-create with God art, writing, building, cooking, gardening. Sometimes being attuned to God's creation in the most basic way through movement of your body is enough, feeling the air in your lungs and your feet on God's creation. Those are small steps of goodness. So whatever your way of seeking beauty through spiritual practices of gratitude, of movement and care, this is God's way for you. This is the way. Like the psalmist says, seek beauty and you will find that your story is continuing. The psalmist wrote, I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Here we are in the land of the living. Wait with hope, for you're still in the land of the living, no matter what you are waiting for. So active waiting includes three things, right? Dwelling with the Lord, sharing all your life, your fears, your lament. Looking up, looking outward, seeking beauty through practices of gratitude and attentiveness finding grace in the land of the living. But anyone remember that third thing, inquiring and reflecting in the temple? What does that mean? What is the temple for the psalmist and for us? The temple is where the spirit of the Lord resides amongst God's people. For those who follow Jesus, the son of God, the spirit of God resides within us, not just within our building, we wait in hope, not alone, but with each other, because we are God's temple. We are God's temple for each other. We're not to wait alone. In our first reading from the Gospel of Luke, we heard the story of Simeon and Anna. They were waiting for the salvation of Israel, waiting for the child, <clears throat> waiting on the infant Jesus to be brought to the temple. You know, both Simeon and Anna were respected, revered elders, in the faith community, God only needed one of them to proclaim who Jesus was. But look, they're not alone there in the temple. Both have been seeking and waiting together. The lesson for us is that for those who seek the hope of baby Jesus, the temple isn't supposed to be a place to be alone. The temple is a place where we cultivate hope together. 
where we wait together, where we're willing to be known and to know each other. Friends, this is the way. This is the way. I know many of you have heard my story, and I'm sorry if it bores you to hear it again, but I didn't come to this church in the usual way of pastors. I was working in a non-church setting. I was working for a seminary campus, and I visited, hiding in the pews, not willing to be known. I had had some past church hurt. It made me a little reluctant to make a commitment. I hid in plain view, sitting next to friendly elderly people, kind of in the middle there. Um, sat actually with some of you. You may not remember. My time was up, though, because Pastor Dave can't be tricked for too long. But here's the truth of it. I was also, at that point, ready to be found. My father had recently died, and I realized I wasn't practicing what I preached. I didn't have a church family who knew me, who prayed for me. So whatever you are carrying, whatever you are in your journey of waiting, God intends us to share this with one another. It might be shared with a Stephen minister or a pastor or a deacon. It could be shared with a spiritual friend, someone whose prayers for you are faithful and true. It might be as simple as a walk around the block with someone you love and trust, unburdening yourself. It might look like receiving and tying on a prayer shawl, a beautiful prayer shawl, which I think is a great metaphor for us as we look at the last verse of our psalm. Verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. In our text this morning, wait on the Lord, waiting, that word in original Hebrew, has an underlying connotation of meaning, of tying on a cord or a strand. And having courage literally means let your heart be repaired by binding on, tying on strength. And that's something we do for each other. Much like yarn is knit, woven into something stronger, a shawl of hope. The process of being woven into hope, continuing your story, happens in community where your story is tied in, woven into everyone else's story. Learning to tie together doubt and faith, hope and waiting, takes patience in our journey. That's why this last verse of the psalm, wait for the Lord, it knits all the verses together. We seek to dwell in the truth, friends, with our Lord, praying with lament if necessary. We seek the beauty of the Lord that surrounds us so that we can remember we are in the land of the living. And we gather together, with the Holy Spirit moving amongst us, seeking to know and be known in this community. Your story is woven into this community. Friends, may you find hope here as you wait. Wait on the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Church, this is the way. <laughs>